0: Alright, how we doing everybody? I'm your host Will Reddington and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Austin Bickett rejoins the show because it is that time. The NFL is back. We're going to give out our picks of the week. Of course, we have some college football in there as well. And then I am joined by Lexi Browning for another edition of Bachelor Red Talk. We talk Brendan and Piper, Chris and Elena. There is so much going on in paradise. We're going to get to it all. Our show is, of course, brought to you by Vegas 365. If you're looking for a comfortable and safe way to bet in the Louisville, Kentucky area, I am your man. College football, NFL, English Premier League soccer. It's all on there, Vegas365, let me know. Also, Thrive Fantasy Sports, use promo code RED with two Ds for your daily fantasy needs, available anywhere you can get apps. The NFL is where Thrive thrives promo code red 2ds for a $20 deposit bonus and O'Shea's Irish pub what a great weekend to go to O'Shea's We've got a Louisville home game you know where I'll be after the game's over O'Shea's Irish pub 956 Baxter Avenue best service best drinks in town all right let's get it going Red Talk, we are back. Austin Bickett is back after like a month off. I guess he has more important things to do than the show. Uh, we'll address that if he wants to. But th- this is the week. Football is really here. NFL is upon us. Do, do you have plans on Sunday? What are you doing? I, so I,
1: I wanted to surprise you because it's not official yet. I may or may not have booked the back room at Roosters from one to five. It's not official yet. He said, "Call him back." My name is down. The order is in, but it's not official. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to send out a group text. But I oh might. my god! Regardless, I'm gonna be in that back room at Roosters for five hours, watching every single game. I can't wait. It is truly the best time of the year. The air feels better. Music sounds better. Food tastes better. It's just every day I wake up and like, is there football on today? I thought today was Thursday for like two hours. I was like, oh, awesome! NFL's back. Here we go. Can't wait to get home and get ready for the game. Very sad when I found out it was Wednesday, but, yeah, uh, we are back, and even Mondays and Thursdays have meaning again, and I am so, so happy.
0: If you get that background (laughs) solo, we are so taking the disciple picture. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a given. That's that's so awesome. And, you know, I've been ridiculed a lot in my life, Will, you care too much about sports. Sports mean too much to you. And I'll, I'll say this. It's not about sports also. It's about the four to five hours that I get to spend with my friends once a week for 17 straight weeks. It's so special. I get to go in there hungover and tell you all about all this ridiculous stuff I did. I get to drink with usually like one or two other people there. Nobody else drinks. Just soaking in the vibe sober so I can remember. Oh my God, I love it so much. I'm so excited. I was just telling my mom today at her birthday dinner. She's like, Yeah, I'm, you know, it's another birthday for me. I love you guys so much. You guys are my kids. And I was like, Yeah, mom, I'm going to Roosters on Sunday with my friends for 17 straight weeks. And it's God, gonna dude. be damn special.
1: I, I'm gonna drink a little more this year. So I don't have to go back. I don't have to go in the office. That wasn't always my excuse in the past. And now I'm uh I'm moving like 10 minutes away from roosters instead of like 30. So you know I don't support drunk driving, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drink a little more this year. I'm excited. Um, probably be blacked out by 11:30 on uh, this Sunday before anybody else even gets there. So, you know I gotta go secure that table if the if the back room reservation falls through. I'm gonna have to get there yeah. at op- opening.
0: All those other people in the back room. F- you guys stay out of the back room. Yeah, because if you remember,
1: we so we've been doing this for like seven years now, probably every Sunday, same location, same table, unless something goes wrong. And the la- I, I, I usually get there at like 1130. I like to get there, secure table, look at my phone, look at what bets I'm going to make, just really settle in for the entire day. It's part of my process. And then I'm getting there at like 1130. This is an hour and a half before game step. There's usually like five tables in the whole restaurant taken. But these f- guys last like six weeks of last season, they beat me there every week. I kept getting there earlier and earlier. They, they had to be waiting outside at open and they took our specific table Never saw them order food or alcohol. They just sat there and watched the games. All wearing, all Cleveland Browns fans. Classless. Yeah, just it, it really hurts. So, I, I hope they all moved away or forgot what they did last year. But if I show up Sunday and the reservation falls through and those guys are there, I'm I might cry. I I need that middle table, two pushed together, eight seats, all for the gang. See every single game. It's just the it's the perfect the perfect day.
0: It's so special. I mean, we can't even invite anybody else because they just throw off the vibes. Like you're not allowed to bring plus ones. Oh, can I go to rooster? No, No. sorry. Sorry, you can't. You're not in the group. Also, not enough table space. Not enough table space for you to come. Eight big ass dudes all ordering a bunch of
1: food and beer and I pound about 16 waters a week because I do stress and eat the ice.
0: Yeah, you do eat the you do eat the ice when you're stressed. That's pretty
1: cool. I can't sit still when there's Nine games that I'll have multiple action in all nine of them.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it's very very special. I can't wait. And those guys that take the middle table, they they're kind of better than the NASCAR guys. The NASCAR guys <laughs> that, was on TV. that was that, hilarious. That 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 would deserve prison time. <laughs> that was absurd. Like go anywhere else, go to Scooter Triple Bs. They'll put the NASCAR on for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Scooter Triple Bs had some draft beer or maybe some better food. You know, maybe we can make the move there because, you know, you're going to get the remote. I'm sure they have yeah. Sunday ticket. There's plenty of TVs. That would be a perfect spot. You don't have to worry, but I could get there at 1259 and have the remote do whatever I want. But, you know, they're, they're just not on Rooster's level, um, alcohol or food wise. So we'll keep that to a um, March Madness tradition only. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, facts. And I, I went into Scooter Triple B's the other day. I'm not ashamed to say it. I pop in to see my people every now and then. I walk in, Will, oh my God, so happy to see you. First customer of the day. You know, it's 8.30 p.m. But, you know, it's uh, it's fine. I, I still, still got love for that place. First weekend of college football in the books. So... That that last weekend was pretty awesome. I actually didn't get to watch a ton of it. I was up in Putten Bay, Ohio. It's a real place uh, to ride a ferry to get there. I've had a lot of stuff going on. But anyway, I didn't watch a ton of it. It was a really good weekend. This upcoming weekend of college football is not great. Not a ton of awesome games. So, you know, we'll do a little bit on it, but mostly the NFL.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always great when there's football on all day. You can bet on all these games. But last week, opening week is always like – Hyped up, you had the Georgia Clemsons, all those those big games that people scheduled like seven years ago. Like when you get on Twitter now and see um like Notre Dame and Alabama schedule a game for 2032. And that's where all these early season games come from. They were scheduled when we were in high school, most likely. So but uh this is this is a tough week for college football because the overreactions on the lines and the fans from what we saw in week one is just it's terrifying. You don't want to take too much from one week, especially with a lot of these schools playing like lesser opponents and don't wish like for example iowa state barely beat northern iowa but they always struggle in their first game of the season and now their game day with iowa coming to town which is always a big rivalry game always close and they're laying four and that that's just terrifying iowa beat the shit out of indiana iowa state barely survives um i think a lot of the money is going to be on iowa but i think that iowa state is the better team so yeah the, the overreactions from this week and not doing too much of it is um very stressful
0: yeah, um, a lot of my money's on Iowa. So, great point. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up. They, they could try me. I, you know, I'm at the Mojito Bar having the time of my life. I'm getting all these mean texts about LSU. I you, These new players. I mean, and then Coach Ogeron said the stuff about the sissy blue shirt, and then they posted a really mean t- Twitter video that I felt like was directed at me, honestly. And then, you know, I had Clemson. It was pretty tough. I, I will say the Cats they covered uh, had that one, that easy bet there. Shout out to the Cats. A quarterback, number one QBR in the entire NCAA week one.
1: Yeah, that that cover was very much in doubt towards the end. I actually gave up, turned the game off, was driving home, um, get home, turn the game back on, and we are throwing fades by thirty with like a minute left. So, shout out Stoops coaching for the um, coaching for the cover. Um, very excited. I know it was against one of the worst teams in the country, but just seeing us throw the ball downfield is awesome. Haven't seen that in about five years, so that's awesome. Got your boy from the Rams calling plays over there. He seems to be going to be very well liked by the fans opposed to the last regimen we had in there so i'm excited um really excited to see us play an sec opponent this week i don't really know what to expect though
0: yeah, much better game for the Cats this weekend and a terrible game coming up for the Louisville Cardinals, one of which I will be attending. I'm going to L1C4 so hard with my friends in the parking lot before the game. I have not L1C4 with them in so long, but um, the cards are in Atlanta. All our friends are there, and we always say when we put on our gear and we hang out, we, we're betting the cards. It's a classic thing that we do. And I I thankfully was in Louisville, Kentucky. I've been betting on Ole Miss in that game for the last three months in some capacity. <laughs> capacity i uh, knew old miss was going to throttle U of L lost all their best players they didn't get any new players they still have the same coach one of which appalachian state would probably beat now if they if they played the cards loved old miss there i got some wrong i got some right and as we move into this week let's let's get more right you're bragging about this great week that you had and it's just funny that you know you you ducked red talk yeah. and you had this great week and w- we'll see what you got now after all this ducking you've been doing lately
1: probably I, I gotta imagine it's gonna go horrible for me this week but i gotta give you credit you are i every single one of my f- friends minus two of them is a louisville fan and i think you were the only one that said hey we're probably gonna get the sh- beat out of us <laughs> and you were right because they're all Cards, money line, keep the points. <laughs> We're
0: going to be in the building. No way we lose. So, uh, yeah, like ready. We've been in the building so many times and lost. We, we lose all the time in the building. I, I don't understand. Like, I, I used to really believe stuff like that. And I guess I grew <laughs> up a little bit. But, you know, not a knock on them either because I, I respect the passion and hope that they had. And the fact that they went all the way down there for that, it shows such heart. Like, I love it. And, and I wish I hard. could still be like that. But they, they took it away yeah. from you, man. All
1: last month, all I've heard is cards, money line, keep the points, all this. I was going to bet the cards up until like 30 minutes for the game. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I flipped the old miss at the last second, thankfully. But yeah, uh, it was pretty clear early on how that game was going to go. And uh, not a lot of people happy with Satterfield on Twitter, it appears.
0: Uh no no the pulse of the fan base doesn't sound like it's great I uh, an old Miss better was watching the game and I was like man both these teams have cool uniforms it's great that football's back great uniform match coronavirus it- wow like this is this is great just to have them back on and I I was definitely I got to a point where I was like wow I feel kind of bad like come on cards Let's why score. did they like, I want to see more a little bit why did they play that game in Atlanta uh you know Chick fil A kickoff game they do two a know, year, like Saturday Monday night.
1: Yeah, I get that, but th- there's just a lot of empty seats, and it would have been rocking at Ole Miss or at Louisville.
0: I mean, are you trying to say it wasn't like a marquee game? Because it was.
1: <laughs> I mean, it was a standalone primetime game.
0: So, yeah, yeah. very Her, nice Herb, Herb, stadium. On the call,
1: yeah, very yeah, nice we'll stadium, very nice field. I just, I was looking at this the empty stands in the lower level, and like it's not sitting on fans from either team, because like. It's tough to go to Atlanta in the first week, but like, I just think they should have had that game at Louisville or at Ole Miss, and it would have
0: been 10 times more electric. Yeah, you ever heard of the Delta variant? Maybe that <laughs> game was actually infinitely safer because of all the space uh, it,
1: in there. It probably
0: was. Yeah, safest game of the weekend to attend. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, you know, I mean, now that we're talking about, it, a few plays go a little differently there. You never know. I mean, you you might not have wanted those cards, but you know, was a lot of things went went wrong, and a lot of a lot of running plays not going well, and Hassan Hall passed, not exactly what we want him to be. He definitely took the day off, but you know, what whatever. Well, we're we're moving on. They play Eastern Kentucky this weekend. There's not a line. Just know I'm going to be there, and I'm going to put my gear on and take the cards. Yeah, um, got to cards bounce back, but. Yeah, big bounce back spot for us. It could be our only win. Now for our cards, and I'm sure you won't be surprised, but I have a massive card. And uh, we'll, we'll get a little back and forth going for a while. I don't want to just rip through all mine because this is kind of all we have today. I'm probably going to do two hours on Bachelor in Paradise tomorrow. Don't want to get too carried away. But we'll, uh, we'll start it off. We'll do a little college first. Uh, NC State minus two and a half against Mississippi State. Uh, this is a little scary because you're talking about ACC against SEC. That did not go well uh, the first weekend when you're looking at primetime Louisville, Ole Miss, and Clemson and Georgia. I thought NC State looked awesome. There's a lot of hype around NC State. They win 45 0 against South Florida, who I'm sure isn't good, but they have really cool uniforms. And then Mississippi State barely beats Louisiana Tech by one at home. NC State, I like them. two and a half. Give them to me. I think this might be the trap line of the week. Yeah, whatever. You always say that about what I'm doing. No,
1: because I am probably going to end up taking them Saturday too. But what before I saw the line and I saw what happened in both of those games last week, I was like, okay, this is probably going to be close to like a touchdown for NC State. And it's not, um, you know, those cowbells are going to be ringing, the keys jingling up there, down there in Stark Vegas. It's going to be wild down there. So, yeah, we'll have to see if uh, NC State is – legit or if south florida is just that bad
0: yeah i mean nc state's all their fans are gonna be throwing up the wolf pack thing though yeah, you know yeah I, mean, I know it sometimes pretty- silence speaks volumes, so I'll, I'll stick with nc state there i don't think mississippi state's very good definitely not as good as that other powerhouse in mississippi uh <laughs> what are you what are you looking at first college wise
1: i'm going to lay 25 points with coastal carolina against kansas on friday night uh- <laughs> oh no yeah, what? I took
0: Kansas' money line.
1: <laughs> Plus 25. Uh, 15 to 1. Kansas sucks. Uh, that's kind of been yeah, the case God. The, last, the last 10 years. Uh, but they still have that, that Big 12 sticker on their helmet. This is a standalone game on ESPN2. Coastal obviously was the story of last season. They came out, beat ass their first game, covered last week. Uh, I just think that they're going to run it up on a national scale against a big 12 team even though it is kansas so yeah i'm um, friday night we'll get the juices flowing the friday night slate sucks so make it a little more interesting
0: no i'm just kidding i didn't take kansas money yeah. by, but i, I stared mean, at it i, I was like the, plus 1500 <laughs> i mean good lord they, they could win to be the biggest win in the history of their program
1: yeah they beat an fcs team by like three last week and they rushed the field so that's all i needed to see
0: Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm really <laughs> sorry for saying that. I might just cut that out altogether, but it's going to throw off the whole conversation. Okay, Coastal Carolina, minus 25. I saw I got up to 27, though. People are oh, betting God. Kansas. not <laughs> trying to
1: get past those four touchdowns. i do really going yeah. to get past uh, that 28 number.
0: <laughs> second one, Iowa plus four and a half. I know you think this is a trap, but I was on Indiana last week. I was very, very wrong. So, as in most cases of my life, you know, oh, I'm so wrong about this. Well i got to be right about that then so iowa plus four and a half rivalry game best game of the day yeah college game day um
1: probably stay away from me i could see this going either way iowa did look really good last week they also had two pick sixes in there though so maybe not as good as the scoreboard showed at the end but i I don't know really i mean this is it seems like it's going to be a low scoring big 10 rivalry game like come down last possession so I, I kind of like the plus four and a half. This seems kind of like a field goal type game to me either way.
0: Yeah, I could see it. I think Iowa's going to win. What do you have next?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with the other
0: ACC-SEC
1: matchup and also back the ACC. So there's no way this ends good for us with Pitt minus three against Tennessee. Um, Pitt offense, not great, but they have pretty good pretty good, solid defense. Got most of their starters back. You know, you know the old saying, defense travels. So uh joe milton qb1 for tennessee he he's not good i watched the, the majority of the first half of that game and uh is just bad straight up so i'll take pitt there. not feeling too great about it but you know i, I just hate tennessee and i don't think they're very good
0: yeah it's a sketchy one i don't know i that's at tennessee that's a stay away from me i don't think Tennessee is very good though so very fair uh my third one i'm going back to the well you, you win some you hopefully keep winning some i'm gonna go with the kentucky wildcats minus five at home against missouri everybody waiting for it wow here we come the cats obviously on fire a uh, big win against a uh team that probably couldn't beat trinity high school last week <laughs> and you uh you're looking at a missouri team that beat them 20 to 10 last year marginally struggled in their first game it, it's kind of a bummer i'd like to watch this game but i'll be uh at uh, Cardinal Stadium, I think it's what we're still calling it. But uh, Missouri by 10 over Central Michigan last week. I I, I like that UK can throw because I know they can still run. And and I do think that it, it gets kind of rocking in there in Kroger Field. I saw a lot of snaps from my friends out there, you know, being Wildcats, going nuts, look like a nice environment out there. I'm, I'm not a hater. So UK, minus five, why not?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll be on the Cats. Uh, I mean, first night game of the year, a few drinks flowing. It doesn't matter what the spread is. I was going to be on the Cats regardless. It does suck that it opened at about two and a half and immediately went to five. So could have got it a better number. But mm, didn't know you know, that. I, I love the Cats. A little good game from Levis there. And uh, we got We got the Hosman campaign going. So it's on
0: Levis, the TikTok maestro. Let's see what he's got. All right. What do you have next?
1: Um, just a couple quick ones, no really need for explanation. Uh, Florida minus 29 against that South Florida team that we were just talking about. They lost 45-0 to NC State. I believe Florida has Alabama the week after, which is the only thing that kind of kind of caused concern for me because they're probably going to pull their starters at half, but I don't think it really matters in this game. Um, also, I like UNC and Miami to bo- both bounce back pretty angry after what happened last week. I know U- UNC is laying a pretty big number against somebody. And then um, Miami is minus nine against the fighting Satterfields of App State. So I think both those teams are not as bad as they showed last week. They just, I mean, UNC had to go into Blacksburg in the first game post COVID era. Uh, it's just not where anybody wants to be. And Miami played Alabama. So. I don't think either of those teams are that bad, and that they'll both bounce back, play a little angry this week. And uh, my last one that I have written down, a team that you faded last week, I like BYU plus seven in the holy war against Utah.
0: That that's a holy war,
1: holy war. So so Utah's won nine straight holy wars, right? So terrible pick, but. Seven of those nine games have been decided by eight or less. So it's, it's always a close game. It's a night game at BYU, rivalry game. It's going to be the the blue uniforms versus the all red, kind of like an Ole Miss-Louisville. I, I just, you know, I, don't, I can't say I know shit about BYU or Utah this season. I know that Utah is ranked, and BYU's quarterback is starting for Trey Hayden fighting Jets on Sunday. So I can't say I know a lot about this game. It's more of just a night game, rivalry game. I expect it to be close.
0: Okay. Yeah, I got you. I correctly faded BYU last yep. week, much to Shay's dismay. Uh, did easy win, victory. Though, right? Uh, they did win. They won by eight, 24 to 16. Arizona oh, Wildcats sad. within the number, the whole game, within the number, the whole game. Yeah. Easy cover there. Y- yeah, I- I'm not mad. I like I like the rattling off a lot, giving everybody a lot to go with. A, a couple cool things for Saturday. LSU is hosting McNeese State. Uh, not a good game, obviously, but my sister and fiance will be in the house. McNeese State's starting quarterback is Coach O's son. Uh, wow. Very interesting storyline there. Yeah, uh, Alabama's playing Mercer. They might win by like 75, something to look out for. You know, you could get the alert like it's 84 to nothing. Will they hang 100? It looks like Alabama's probably going to win it all again. That totally sucks. My last pick for college, I have Toledo plus 17 against Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame, their coach said that uh, their players should be executed after the game. I would assume that like makes the vibes worse within the locker room. Uh, they did get a nice win late Sunday night to catch the Miracle Parlay and save the week. So nothing against Notre Dame. But a uh, quick story. We're at this uh, bachelor party in Putin Bay, Ohio. And Brian meets this girl. And they immediately hit it off. And they're clearly in love. Clearly meant to be together. I've known each other for 30 minutes. They hang out all night. And she tells them that... She's from Toledo, and me and Evan are like, dude, say this Eminem line to her. It'll work. And we were trying to sabotage him. So Brian went up to her, and he said,
1: holy Toledo, it's Miss Ohio. That's the best dance I've seen in a while.
0: And it, it totally worked. She It jumps off the page. So anyway, they hit it off all night. We're hanging out with the friends, Brian and this girl. Girl tells Brian she has a four-year-old child. He's like, no way. I love that anyway so, so the girl leaves you know she has to leave eventually doesn't live that far away she gets on this boat and she says brian i want you to come with me so brian goes sprinting across the island on foot in sparrays gets to the boat she's on the edge of the boat like the titanic brian gets there at two. the boat leaves at 12 he's begging the dude to let him on the boat the dude's like no no more people on the boat and they wave to each other as she fades into the night toledo plus 17
1: yeah i mean how could you not take toledo after that romantic story
0: 100% yeah That's uh, hilarious. romantic tragedy yeah I have to love Toledo there all right on to the NFL first pick <laughs> Bengals plus three and a half I'm in the pocket like burrow I know you hate this one uh, you hate uh. it you woke up hating it so much no, Bengals sure. plus three and a half. Uh, the Bengals have such a significantly better quarterback than the Vikings. So I don't hate the Vikings. I actually have a future on the Vikings to win the NFC North. Kind of you know, Bowl. going against myself here. No, no, Bengals to win the Super Bowl, though. 50 to one. You've seen that ticket. But I, I love the Bengals receiving core solid, running back solid. I know that everything else is really bad. But Joe Burrow coming off the injury, it's going to be rocking in Cincinnati. I love the Bengals plus three and a half. I cannot wait to watch number nine. Back in the pocket. It's going to be beautiful.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't hate that pick. Let me, with my first pick, let me stay on the same game. I'm going to go with the over in this game. You just talked about how I also am very high on the Bengals offense this year. I think most people are with um, T. Higgins coming for a second year breakout. And they got, they obviously added your boy and Joe Burrow's boy, Jamar Chase um mixing back as well so i'm high on the Bengals offense um obviously the vikings were the leading rushing team in the nfc last year they have dalvin cook i mean and that boy alexander madison backing him up uh the Bengals, on the other hand gave up the second most yards per carry last season at 5.1 yards per carry that is that's good first down every two plays um throw in jefferson and adam thielen on the outsides Uh, i mean 28 20 the total is 47 and a half here 28 to 20 gets you a get you a win here i think um at least one of these teams gets in the 30s with two pretty solid offenses and two pretty suspect defenses
0: Yeah, no, I uh, I like the over there. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Vikings are are loaded when it comes to skill position players. Who knows what you are going to get from Cousins, but he doesn't have to do too much if they're just going to run the ball like maniacs the whole time. But uh, yeah, Tyler Boyd's going to be awesome for the Bengals. I think he's a very underrated part of the offense. And then Jamar, it's not about the love; it's about the chase. You are looking at a guy who didn't catch a ball the whole preseason. Everybody hates him in Cincinnati. I really hope he figures it out for Week One. I don't want to see, and he's got a lot of negative stuff going on. So I am not going to be like, oh, he's a great guy. Because he really very well might not be, but I will tell you he is a national champion.
1: Yeah, he uh, for his sake, I hope he has a good year because you know Penne Suel was kind of the the obvious choice leading up to the draft. And I think if anybody besides Joe Burrow was their quarterback, they probably don't take Jamar Chase right there. So hey, he's a great player. I mean, he deserves to be top five, but just given how Burrow snapped his leg last year because no one could protect him, and then you have like a generational possible lineman sitting there in front of you. Um yeah, I mean you can't argue with a Jamar Chase pick, but hopefully he doesn't start out too slow or it's gonna it's gonna get ugly for him up there.
0: Yeah, well you can't put a price on friendship, but if you okay. were to, I would say it's probably your starting quarterback's lick. Yeah, I agree. Moving on, uh, Broncos minus three. Are we doing this thing or what? The Giants are supposed Man. to be terrible. We gotta do it.
1: You you know this was my next pick. And yeah, I know
0: get get to it. Yeah.
1: You know, you know, I'm biased, obviously a massive Broncos fan, but I usually know when we're going to lose and when we're going to win. I, I always cheer like we're going to win, but deep down in my head, I always know when we're going to lose um, in my, in my very biased opinion. I think that the Broncos could have the best defense in the AFC um, They added Kyle Fuller from the bears and drafted Pat Sertain to shore up the corner position. Von Miller's back after injuring himself last year. Um, And then just that great of a defense against Daniel Jones, who had 16 turnovers last season in 14 games. I mean, it's just a disaster waiting to happen. On the other hand, Giants also have a pretty good defense. But your boy Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves, 36 and 14 against the spread, 21 and three against the spread on the road. Insane. And uh, Giants last four opening games in week one, 0 and 4 straight up, 0 and 4 against the spread. They don't come out and start season hot. They had team fights, all training camp. Joe Judge doesn't have these guys ready. It's on the East Coast, which sucks, but the game's not at 1 o'clock. It's at 425, so we'll cancel that out. Broncos by 50,000.
0: Love it. Broncos by 50,000. I can't wait to see Teddy out there in the orange. I think he's going to do great. It's a bummer Drew, Drew Locke's not playing, though, because that guy is gorgeous. He's a great-looking guy, and I am a big fan of Drew Locke. But this in itself is is a lock because Teddy's out there and all the stuff you said about the Giants. It's a perfect storm. Broncos have to get right here. Daniel Jones looked terrible. Uh, Let's do it. Broncos minus three. So we're on the same page there. Consensus quake. Uh, Next one, we got the San Francisco 49ers who are favored by seven and a half against the Lions. Teaser paired with my LA Rams Sunday night football against Andy Dalton and the Bears. Both basically just need to win the game. The Lions aren't going to win a game this year. I'm going to go ahead and let you know. They're going to have a worse record one. than the Texans. No, worse record than the Texans. I'm on the line, plus 300, to have the worst record in the NFL. Uh, the Niners, I don't think the Niners are going to be as good as people think. I really don't. But I, I do think that they find a way to win against this powerful Detroit team. Who Do they have a kicker yet? Are they still going no kicker?
1: They signed somebody. I'm not sure
0: who it is, but I did see that they signed somebody. I did see the Lions coach with a really cool quote about how he, like, drinks until the sun up because that's, all, that's what, yeah. like, the – that's what the boys need from him and i mean that's everybody's I, felt that way
1: i don't know how good of a football coach he is but i feel like he gets his guys like fired up i'm not saying they're going to beat the niners or whatever but i will say that the niners rams teaser will be the most popular bet sunday which terrifies me especially in week 1 a lot of people throw the bucks into that on thursday as well because those are the three games that are like eight or seven you get it down to basically just win the game I personally am picking the Niners in my Survivor League, so they will probably lose. That's what happened to me last year with the Colts. The Jags finished one and fifteen, but they got me week one. Um, I, I would assume the Rams and the Niners will be eighty percent of Survivor League picks as well. So that scares me yeah. a little bit, but I mean it makes total sense just looking at it right now.
0: Both those teams yeah, should it's win. made popular by me. Uh, the Niners are gonna win, I promise. But the the Rams and the Bears is a little sketchier. You're looking LA, at a Bears though, team. Right? In LA, yeah, Sunday That's a huge, night, huge but huge the difference. The Bears do give the Rams trouble historically. It's one of our worst matchups. Uh, We've had a lot of three-point scoring games against the Bears, it feels like. But this is Andy Dalton, uh, and the Bears have also had, uh, I would assume, without looking it up, a tremendous amount of luck against Stafford since the Lions always go 3-14. and So that one worries me a lot more than the Niners-Lions do. But, uh, yeah, that that coach does get – I was reading that tweet at work today, and I was like, the next time I'm drinking late and I want to go home, I'm going to think back to what Dan Campbell said here about how I to stay up late and keep powering through for the boys although that doesn't really um you know uh, refer to my life yet because I'm always the last one up
1: I don't have the stats and the data and the records and whatever to back this one up it's just something that has to be done Monday night the Vegas game is going to be the first game in Vegas with fans and I'm taking the Raiders plus four and a half that place is going to be insane
0: yeah, I, I agree. It looks like an awesome stadium. And I I didn't look at it that way. I have no action yet. So I could totally see it going that way. The Ravens are a handicapped team. Uh they're like top three receivers, uh, are yeah. either not going to play or might not play. Uh Mark Andrews will be out there, but uh, number one and number three running backs are out. They just signed Le'Veon L'Avion Bell. That's ultimate desperation. They do have yeah. the Gus Bus Edwards, who is a really good ball player. I don't think that they're gonna like struggle immensely because of the loss of J.K. Dobbins, although he's very good. But uh, I, I don't hate that pick. Uh, I, I don't just, have anything against the Raiders.
1: If it wasn't primetime, I would never even look at it again. But, you know, these primetime games, something funky always happens. It's like magic in the air every time. Um, I remember last year when the Raiders played the Chiefs, they ended up losing, but they were like winning the whole game. And then Travis Kelsey got wide open at the very end. I, I don't know if they're going to win. I want I'll probably wind up taking the money line at the very last second, but. I just know how electric that place is going to be. Derek Carr actually has a pretty solid record on primetime, but Lamar has a better record, so you kind of throw that out the window. But, yeah, I, it's just something I have to do. It's the first the first real game in that gorgeous stadium in the best city in the
0: country, so I have to do it. I don't hate that at all. Uh, my next one, I'm going to go with the Jaguars minus three in Houston. Oh. I mean – Everything we've seen about the Texans this offseason is so awful. And the Jaguars did not look very good in the preseason, but Trevor Lawrence did look a little better in his last outing. Uh, I don't love what the Jaguars are putting together down there. I think they probably win about four games, but if they're going to somehow win four games, this has to be one of them. Uh, To Rod Taylor is the classic quarterback that starts when you don't have a quarterback. Uh, I like the Jags here. The Urban Meyer tenure, it, it starts off well and then probably goes south very quickly.
1: How many players on both defenses combined do you think you can name? Over under 10? Both defenses combined. Both defenses combined. How many players do you think?
0: Under, under for sure.
1: Obviously, you got you got Josh Allen because Kentucky great. But other than that, I don't know if I can name one. Bradley Roby, former Bronco, got traded from the Texans today. Don't look up depth charts.
0: (laughs) Not looking up the depth charts, dude. Jason Hayward just hit a walk off home run. The Cubs are back. (laughs) Facts.
1: I, I I usually know like almost every player in the NFL on most teams, you know obviously not like all the linebackers and stuff from some of the more relevant teams, but like I physically cannot think of anybody on either of those defenses.
0: Man, that's so mean. Jason Hayward hits a three-run walk-off. I got the Cubs minus 105 because they're on fire. They've won eight of nine now against the Reds. the Reds. And Hayward hits this walk-off home run. It's a bomb. It says it's crushed. I'm looking for the video. Oh, my God. Here it is. Off the scoreboard, Jason Hayward, first comment, most liked comment, says, hey, worthless. (laughs) That is so mean. Give the guy a break. He's going dumb. Oh, my God. God. Oh, man. You hate to see it for the Reds' playoff chances. You know who's making the playoffs, the Cubs. Let's let's keep it moving. Uh, what do you have next? I just,
1: do. I mean, <laughs> do we have to take every Titans over until they prove us
0: otherwise? I don't do anything except bet on the Titans and yell at Jake or bet against <laughs> the Titans and yell at Jake.
1: I mean, they, they're going to have a top five offense probably with the addition of Julio and Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown and their defense is, what was it, the worst against the pass last year? I mean, it's it's the highest total of the week, obviously. But, I mean, 52 for the Cardinals and Titans?
0: Uh, the Cardinals look terrible in the preseason, though. I
1: don't know, but how much does that really matter?
0: I don't know. I, good question. We'll find out. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I, I really want to take the Dolphins against the Patriots. I think they're just a better team, and I don't think that Mac Jones is going to come out and set the world on fire immediately like most people do but all week I thought the game was in Miami and it turns out it's in Foxborough so that's really kind of messing me up a little bit I probably will still end up taking Dolphins plus three I just think they're the better team and which we were talking about preseason doesn't matter but it seems like all the people from Dolphins camp is acting like Tua is ready to take this big step which isn't saying much considering how he was last year but If Tua is any better at all, the Dolphins are a playoff team, in my opinion. And I I don't think the Patriots are that. I know they have Belichick, and they spent all this money in free agency. But I can't get over how bad their offense was last year.
0: I know a lot of Dolphins fans, and um, I like them all. And I'm not going to say anything mean about Tua or the Dolphins. So I uh, I don't hate it. We'll let them play a game first. My last one of the week. Uh, something about me that people in my life know I hold grudges, <laughs> and I am uh, still really, really, really pissed off at the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So you can give me the Cleveland Browns plus six and the money line against Kansas City to open the season.
1: I saw something. The Browns are like o thirteen and one against the spread in the last fourteen Stop season for opener. Change it yeah, is. for change. They're due. That game, that game, kind of scares me because you know the the Browns are just kind. Of, well, not for your stamp for what you're picking, but. You know, the Browns are just going to try to do the same thing they did in the playoffs and just try to run the ball, keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. I mean, that's what their team is built for with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So, um, yeah, that that game is pretty scary to me. I think the Chiefs do win, but I don't know about six. But also, the Chiefs might come out and just completely pissed off because the last time
0: we saw them, they were getting blasted. Yeah, maybe they're just not that good, man.
1: (laughs) That must be what it might be. Maybe
0: they're not that good. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm gonna bet
1: yeah. the whole board I'm gonna bet the entire board but I don't I'm not comfortable yeah. enough getting anything else out right here
0: that's it, it, fair I uh yeah I'm, I'm also gonna do that but it, it's gonna be very overwhelming uh international soccer's over all the leagues are back I'm gonna be on all that stuff as well uh golf got the BMW PGA championship going on this weekend and it looks like that's not a big deal at all. It looks like nobody in it is anybody that I know. The golf season's over. That's kind of sad. But, um, yeah, Robbie McIntyre. That's my guy. Uh, you got anything else? Anything else you want to add to the show?
1: Well, I did, but you kind of ruined it by saying that you didn't watch college football all weekend. Because I was going to ask you, which you still might have watching the Louisville game and other games, how much that you f- hate this Applebee's song and commercial. That plays every single commercial break for every single football yeah. game.
0: <laughs> oh, I've heard it. I've heard it. It's you tough. go
1: to you go to Apple I mean, the song itself, you know, slapper. Like Oh, you
0: no, like the song. Yeah.
1: No denying the song is maybe one of the best of our generation. Like, no yeah. denying that. But when they play it, it's it's almost like that. What was it? The Imagine Dragons from like four years ago on college football. It's like, whoa. It, it's a great song, but they played it every single commercial break. And ESPN does this. It. It's like they have like five commercials on rotation. But I, I mean, if you go to Applebee's Twitter and you go to the replies, they are just getting slaughtered by people who watch football. They're like, I will never eat here again. <laughs>
0: this is the worst commercial of all time. Why are people going to Applebee's anyway?
1: Dude, I, I personally would never go to Applebee's, and but this makes me like want to go out of my way to like, tell other people not to go to applebee's
0: yeah yeah no i i don't i do notice that the commercial's on a lot the last time oh, i went to every applebee's break, every game every channel i went to applebee's about nine years ago i was with my friend jared and Art, and i we had to call we had to call the place while we were in there after we had been there for 40 minutes to be like hey we're over here please come help us I've terrible been, establishment
1: i've had to do that at a buffalo wild wings on
0: dixon oh, I it. rest in peace Recipes.
1: Buff Buff City Soap Shop.
0: Is, is that really what replaced it?
1: That's what it is. There was a line out the door on opening day down to GameStop. <laughs>
0: that's, that's What's funny. going on on that street, man? It's good old Dixie.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to talk to you about Fancy Like by Walker Hayes. <laughs> if you had any opinions,
0: that's a great song.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Commercials even better. Just imagine your team's getting dogged. You're losing all your bets. We fancy it like a date night, Applebee's.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not a bad song. I don't agree with that part of it. It's not something I can relate to. Uh, I haven't been listening to it on my own. I've been listening to, you know, exclusively Drake and the Imagine Dragons. Don't like how you threw shade at them there. But no uh, shade
1: on them. It's shade on ESPN for just overusing everything they ever get.
0: Yeah, they're still cashing those checks, though. They made me a believer.
1: Applebee's probably never been more talked about. So I guess the marketing is working, but it's mostly people pissed off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had no no
1: intention to be pissed off at Applebee's, but I'm over here just fuming all day.
0: Yeah. I I don't even think about Applebee's most days. (laughs) Neither did I before football came back. They had to just hear that song, though. The fancy like song and think we have got to throw millions of dollars into this.
1: Yeah, dude. Dude's a genius who wrote it. He's like, well, worst case scenario,
0: Applebee's is going to use this. That song's like top 50 on iTunes. It's a factor.
1: I <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's all I had. I just been thinking about that song a lot.
0: Yeah, as are as as are many other people. Okay. Um, that about wraps us up for uh week one preview. Hopefully some of those games go the way we <laughs> predicted them to go. Don't be surprised if they do. Don't be surprised if they don't. Uh now it's time for a little bachelor in paradise. That's right, another four hours in the books. <laughs> I uh, watched it all on Tuesday because I, I spent the evening uh, watching the cards on Monday night. It was pretty special. You know, one TV. I didn't don't really watch much sports anymore, actually. So uh, now, you know, I just wanted to dedicate. I actually took the other two TVs out of my room, and I've been doing a lot of reading. But uh, last night, just four hours Bachelor in Paradise, no Cubs or anything. And, um, you know, I got to say it's the best show on TV. I, I loathe it for what it does to me. But uh, I, I love it. So have you been watching it? No. <laughs> Okay, that's just have not, not going to be able to contribute.
1: No, I have nothing nothing to contribute on this. That's crazy. Why aren't you watching? You got other shit going on? It, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's not really why. I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Not all a
0: right, big man. reality TV guy. Yeah, you sound pretty stupid on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> just for saying that mainly. Everything else was fine, but the just part where you said out. you didn't watch the show doesn't make a lot Just of sense. cut that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, for sure. I don't just want d- to. Dub the Applebee song over there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, a lot of time on Applebee's, but here comes substantially more time on a show way better than <laughs> Applebee's commercial. <laughs> the best. All right, Bachelor Red Talk, we are back. Monday, Louisville played their first football game, and I sat and watched it. I took the other two TVs out of my living room. There are no longer two there. There's just one. been watching way less sports. I've been reading more. I had to sit there on Tuesday and watch Bachelor in Paradise from 5.30 to about 9.45, four hours. Took notes the whole time. I'm ready to go. Let's do it.
2: So you're one of those people now that's like, oh, I don't have time for TV. I'm just so busy with all my books and my chores and just like life things. I just, I don't have time for Bachelor.
0: Uh, No, I would never say that. I still found four hours to watch this incredibly interesting show. Really excited about what I watched. A lot going on.
2: Okay, yeah. I mean, I think there's a few main takeaways from this episode. Number one, I would like to murder Brennan savagely and torturously, slowly. I don't know, I hate this man. I followed him just so that I could unfollow him. We were played, he played us.
0: I'm sure you following him and unfollowing him really ruined his day, that's uh, that's very tough. I didn't really see what Brennan did wrong. What? I'm just kidding, relax. We're gonna get to it. Let's start it off with uh, Joe and Kendall. This is where we ended. This is where we started. I'm so shocked that we didn't spend as much time on this this week as I thought we would. Uh, This was really sad. It's a really sad conversation.
2: Joe and Kendall are really hard because, you know, they did that flashback montage of all we've been through together. And this relationship is near and dear to my heart. Somehow Serena has been able to win me over to where I also feel strongly about Joe and Serena. But seeing Kendall and Joe back on that beach, hearing the shakiness and Kendall's voice as she is like getting excited to go down memory lane with Joe. I'm like, come on, give it another try, Joe. Just like uh, she came all the way out here. I, I just I want them to work out. I want them to at least have another conversation. I wanted Kendall to just say, I'm ready to go to Chicago with you.
0: Yeah, because they don't really make a, a ton of process, and I, I like how Joe is very present, and he doesn't overreact to his emotions, and he's like, look, this is our problem, and you weren't willing to fix it. And I mean, just some some crushing quotes here. Kendall says, us being everything to in a very quick period of time, us being nothing, and then Joe says, I was pushing for you to try we don't know what the end would have been because you didn't try. What am I supposed to do with that? So it's a very, very good point from both of them. But you can't really knock Kendall for coming there and making her feelings known. Because like you said, you heard the shakiness. You know, I mean, that might be our last chance. Joe may walk out of there, engage to Serena. I really doubt it. But Kendall knows that he's there mm-hmm. and she has to make her final push or he may be gone forever. So I kind of respect the way both of them acted.
2: Yeah, I think it's just going to be a really awkward situation because nothing was solved, and it seems like Kendall is doomed to have a meltdown here because she comes in kind of wanting to get back together. Then it kind of seems like, never mind, I just want closure to maybe see who else is here. And I just don't think it's going to work like that for her. I think it was either she's going to be with Joe or she needs to go home. I don't think she can sit around and watch Joe and Serena go down and feel healthy enough to actually actually focus on what's going on with her and her relationships. I just think maybe she needs to go because hearing Joe flat out say that he doesn't know if he loves Kendall anymore, I mean, that really said it all to me. And the fact that he wants to keep pursuing Serena, knowing that Kendall's there, I think we have our answer. He's going with Serena.
0: I completely agree. And. I mean, Kendall made her stance known as did Piper when she arrived on the beach, I'm here for this person and this person only. So if that doesn't work, Kendall will be gone. But at the same time, it it was so odd to me because this was such a captivating storyline and they show this at the beginning, they have their talk and they really never address it again throughout night one or night two. So who knows what's going to happen? We get a little Noah and Abigail sit down after this, a very mature conversation. Abigail essentially admits that their serious convo helped her realize what she wants. And Noah was like, yeah, we both got in our own heads, overcomplicated things. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of maturity and self-awareness to admit that. So they advance. Uh, congrats to them. We saw nothing else from them for the rest of the week.
2: Sick necklace game on Noah's part. Love the jewelry selection. Actually, I'm shading it. I hate it. Take off at least four of those. You can maybe pull off one. The layered look, it's too much. You're overpowering my girl, Abigail. And also, this is just the most boring couple in paradise Be it, albeit that they're probably the most likely to get engaged at the end of this, because I think that's coming up in like seven days from now. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're just so boring. Let's move on.
0: Yeah, let's move on. So then we jump into Kenny, who Kenny is the most sought after bachelor on the beach outside of maybe Thomas upset of the year. But Kenny, everybody wants him. Whole thing's driving Demi crazy. But Mari's going to make her feelings known, which is respectable. And Demi kind of channels her inner South Park and she wants to literally kill Kenny actually says that. Where is Tia throughout this process? Was Tia even in the show?
2: No, and I don't know why, because she is so good. I think she's so funny. I wish someone would show an interest in her because, I mean, she made it really far in her season. I think she was final two or three. She's a seasoned veteran, and no one here is going to pay her any interest. I just feel like, wake up, someone take Tia on a date, or bring in a new guy who will, because we're missing Tia. And why is Kenny so sought after? It's so embarrassing for everyone involved. First of all, Mari, why do you still want to be with Kenny? I don't understand why that is. He straight up had sex with Demi right after you gave him that small little out. And Demi, you come in acting like you're some badass. Like, no, I'm here to take everyone's man. And then you get your feelings hurt. Like it just seemed all very hypocritical because she did the same thing to Mari first and now she's going to be upset when Mari comes back for a little bit of retaliation. I just feel like she seems way too insecure and I feel bad watching it.
0: Yeah, it's tough. And Demi kind of when she sits down with Kenny after Kenny's like, yeah, I'm going to explore things with Mari. Like Demi goes through so many different stages of emotion within just a few minutes. Like she starts off thinking like, I'm so funny. I'm so awesome. How could you choose her over me to like immediately cry? Like I had sex with you. Like r- really just hard to watch. D- did not really fit in with how Demi has portrayed herself on the show so far.
2: Yeah, something is definitely wrong. And I keep coming back to, I hope she's hammered drunk. But truthfully, I think this may just be stone cold Demi. Like, this is just who she is. And it's very embarrassing to watch, especially when he's like, they're on the verge of maybe splitting up. And she's like, come here, I gotta tell you a secret. You want to go to the boom-boom room? And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so embarrassing, and she's going to regret that so bad. But then she turned around and did it again the next day. So, like, she stands by that sentiment. That's her Hail Mary pass is do you want to go to the boom-boom room? And there's just so much therapy that's needed here.
0: Yeah, you're right. But long story short, it doesn't look like Demi's going to survive that much longer. The end of night one is basically all with three people, and that's going to be Piper, Brendan, and Natasha. So we're watching Brendan and Natasha at first. We know Piper's coming from the preview, and Brendan's like, being silly and being goofy? That's the reason I want to be with you. And I'm like, oh, wow, those are really romantic words. This is going to end well. But Piper in the house. Piper introduces herself. I am Piper. I am from Matt James's season, and I am here to see Brendan. Piper sits Brendan down. Their acting is elite for a while. Like Brendan's kind of navigating his way through the island to survive and he's explaining it to her like, yeah, you know, I I did kind of have feelings for somebody else. We weren't that serious and, you know, smooth criminal. Like he's trying. At first when they were on their date, it felt like they were kind of selling it. It all went downhill really quick and the crowd, the people that are with them on this show really hated it.
2: I mean, I hated it because I loved Brendan. I mean, I was rooting for him and Taysha this whole time. Our beloved queen Taysha. this is who I wanted for her. Like he played me. I didn't want to believe it. It took all the way to like towards the end of the episode for me to just be aghast and be like, oh my God, this is the devil. He is the devil. His malicious plan to come down there and Play Natasha like that, and just all the things that were said—the way he acted, like she had no other prospects on that beach—I was like, "Excuse me, sir, she is intelligent and beautiful and flawless, and she could have had her pick of the litter, but she chose you. You're lucky you have any prospects." It just made me so mad, and the way that he, the way that he was gaslighting her, acting like, "Well, it definitely wasn't in." intimate relationship that we had like it was like friendship she was like no i'm friends with ivan like i just thought she played this perfectly and like a little detective asking all the questions talking to piper first gathering her face to go talk to brendan and just serve it up on a platter and i just could not believe his the audacity the audacity was beyond
0: Uh, It was really shocking. I didn't think he had it in him. And I mean, when Piper and Natasha sat down, I really wanted just live camera on Brendan for all of this. Like, not that he should be able to hear it, but just him kind of concerned and watching. But Natasha was just shocked that Brendan somehow fabricated the situation to make himself look better. Overall, like the zero prospects thing is, it was, it was evil. You know, it's like really, really mean, ice cold. When he sat down with her and he explained that he did her a favor. By letting her advance that long, I was like, holy, like this dude, he doesn't get it. And he has made a formal Instagram apology since then. I mean, it's just wild to see because it's all these unspoken, unwritten rules. I mean, Brendan and Piper are literally sitting on this couch talking about all the followers and clout that they've gained all while kind of being in love. And just in the most ironic way, because social media is mostly about like, hey, what do other people think of this? They, at the same time, are on this beach not caring at all what everybody else thinks of them because they are very hated.
2: It's so confusing, actually, because it doesn't seem like they planned this very well. We're, we're all under the understanding that, yes, this was a plan, but very sloppy because – he's playing it off like it's so casual piper's coming in being like why are you acting like you don't know me like he she's acting really dumb he basically has to spell it out for her and he's like telling her with her face like please get the message that i was just playing natasha so that i could be with you but she doesn't get it so he straight up has to say it like I was playing Natasha so that I could beat with you. And she's like, Oh, well, thanks for playing the game. Thanks for doing that heavy lifting. It's all so incriminating and disgusting. And he even calls Natasha annoying for trying to get to the bottom of this. And she's just so classy. She doesn't try to throw him under the bus or play the victim in any capacity. She just gets the information that she needs and is ready to. Kind of move on from here like she's like i don't want to be with the liar but she's not trying to kick him off the whole beach of paradise even though he definitely deserves it and i wish someone would kick them off paradise but i mean that's just night one then we kind of get a totally duplicate situation knockoff version walmart version yeah of people that we do not care about like i do yeah. not know these people so that's yeah. why i'm not as mad but they are probably just as guilty
0: oh uh, yeah just as guilty for sure i mean the only thing that made night two more drastic is like these two people were so like Significantly less attractive. It's just way less cool than Brendan and Piper. Way, way uh, smaller factors in the Bachelor universe, and it, it was wild to see them get punked the way they did. So they had this VIP party, and only half of the cast gets selected, and they bring in four girls. So we have McKenna, Chelsea, Alea, Elena. I don't know a lot of. A lot of names that kind of sound the same. There's a lot going on. It gets way cooler for the guys there. I guess the girls are all stressed, but the guys have the roses. So this kind of makes sense. And I'm watching this happen. I'm like, wow, this is a pretty good idea. You take a guy like Aaron or a guy like James who, who kind of don't have anything of substance for a relationship. Like this could be huge. Aaron, Obviously, Becca is hotter, more established in the Bachelor community than, say, someone like McKenna. But you'd rather be with someone who maybe isn't as hot that you don't put on such a pedestal if they're actually going to, like, be nice to you and attempt to build a relationship with you. So I I liked this idea. I thought it had a chance of, like, knocking off some of the main people that maybe were kind of just rose hunting, as we've said. But it ends up punishing Jesenia, which – Kind of broke my heart. I mean, Chris is with Jasenia. He he gets to the island, I, I believe, and was like, I, I want to be with Jasenia." Steals her from Ivan. We thought that was wild. But Chris is like immediately making out with this. I think it's Elena and Riley's dance with McKenna. The party went from everybody sitting in chairs to absolute mayhem once these extra girls walked in. And I did like how Thomas and Riley stood up. For Jasenia here, because you know this is lame of Chris to do. He's he goes there with her. He's like, you know you have nothing to worry about, and then he's just making out with some girl within what seemed to be like five minutes right in front of her.
2: Well, here's the the stark differences. One, we already said we don't care about these people. Two, right. Jasenia and Chris were together for like half as long as Natasha and brennan were together. So okay. again, I mean, we're less invested.
0: But like in reality. Yesenia and Chris, like, Yesenia left Ivan for Chris. You know, they were, like, clearly showing each other affection. Like, I never felt like Brendan and Natasha even throw the Piper stuff out like they were ever actually going to be anything. So I, I actually think what Chris did was worse.
2: No. No, you're incorrect. I I mean Brennan and Piper are definitely worse because they were in a full-blown relationship. We saw Piper using the term boyfriend already, saying that they would not be open to going on other dates, whereas I feel like this couple maybe did only meet once or twice in a group setting, definitely weren't doing one-on-ones and like blossoming a full-blown relationship i don't think i think he just made a dumb decision and started publicly making out with elena (laughs) i don't know what he was thinking because like justinia is the obvious choice i think i think that he he should have stuck with justinia and i think he that's a big regret of his probably and in the end they break up and he's like, it's all right. At least we have each other. We can go home together. And he grabs his backpack and he hops <laughs> in her car. And she's like, Chris, no, this is my car. Get your own.
0: Yeah. Right. Like she was so pissed that Chris got her kicked off that aisle And like, she, she was absolutely furious. She, I wait, I quarantined 14 days for this. I have to leave with you. Now that one of the bottom tier guys of this out, she was really mad. So you are right. Like, I I do think that was more for TV. And I think Brennan and Piper did it for TV too. But yeah, uh Brennan and Piper, definitely worse. I mean, Chris, the look of regret that Chris has the next morning after this. I mean, I've I've seen my friends look that way, and it's not pretty. And I mean, he's just moping around. And then after he gets his ass ripped a few times, he's like Elena gets here. He's like, All right. Let's go explore this. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go on this date where we're going to have to position ourselves a bunch of different times to figure out how to make out. It, it just all really hard to watch.
2: Yeah, the way she was trying to choreograph that, I was like, this is so weird. But I do think that's more innocent than the Piper and Brennan situation because – they manipulated Natasha and then tried to completely minimize her feelings. There was never a moment on their date where Piper was like, oh, well, how does Natasha feel about this? It was like, it was all very selfish. And I hated the way that they even treated it in real life after the show. Like Brennan posted that here for the wrong reasons post. And she posted the all's fair and love and war post of her standing on the streets in Boston where I believe Brennan lives. I mean, it all just seems so spiteful. And for what? Like she was a casualty in your in your malicious plan and now on top of that you're going to troll her. I just think it's so mean. And then they only backtracked once they realized just how bad it was. They were never going to take accountability until they absolutely had to.
0: Yeah, until like the entire world hated them. I agree. I mean, total dirtbag move by Brendan. Not arguing with you there. But I, I just, this Chris and Elena thing, I, I, I was laughing at like almost this entire sequence. And I felt bad for laughing at it because I obviously really like Justinia and so does everybody else. She ends up winning in the end. But when Chris is moping around and then Elena pulls up to the beach and he has to pull it together, that was hilariously relatable. And then Aaron, Aaron with an all-time quote, I like, I kind of like you and I don't really like Chris and I don't really like what he did. So I'm kind of on some gang <laughs> right now. Awesome. Awesome commentary. And um, I think we when you look at Becca as she goes on her date with Thomas later in the episode, Becca goes out of her way to say, Hey, you know, Thomas is Thomas is really well spoken. You know, and you look back at quotes like that from Aaron and you're like, Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Yes. Okay, so I listened to Becca Kufrin's podcast today to try to get more of, you know, the tea. And she had uh, Elena actually on the podcast. And anyway, she divulged that her and Aaron actually got into a little bit of an argument the night of this VIP party, which kind of explains why she didn't take Aaron on her date and instead took Thomas. And apparently her and Thomas were kind of like caking that night. And so it was, it made more sense for her to take Thomas on this date. Right. Although, although still we're wondering what Becca is really doing.
0: When Thomas goes on the date with Becca, you know, Aaron is, is almost thrilled. Like he's so happy that Thomas has done this to Tammy. You know, I don't feel bad for, her. I don't feel bad for her at all. It's like, Hey man, that was, that was kind of your girl doing this. It's happening to you again. And he doesn't even care. He's just happy that Tammy's sad. Aaron is a hilarious character. I'm not mad at him at all. Tammy, God bless her. I mean, she's out there trying to help. She's talking to Chris. She's like, don't be an idiot. Right before he takes Elena. I, I did think that Chris, for a second, was going to like remove himself. Like throw himself at Jasenia one more time. Hey, I was drunk. I made a mistake. I want to be with you. I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, I mean, he looks around. He's like, this is my only option. This is all I have, and I have to ride it out. And that, that to me, just showed that he wanted to be on TV so bad. I mean, got evicted night one. Riley throws it in his face. This whole thing, I mean, Brennan and Piper, the same. I mean, we could go on for days, like the, the pros and cons. And Brennan and Piper, I do agree, they're a little bit worse. But when you can noticeably see how upset Chris is, and then he's like, ah, I'm still going to go. I'm just going to fall in love with this girl that I don't really like because I got to stick around. I'm on Bachelor in Paradise.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I just, I can't get over the fact that he was just going to straight up make out with <laughs> Elena in front of Jasenia. watch Jasenia storm out, and then still sit there and be like, nah, it's fine. I'm not worried about it. Let's just continue to make out all night in front of her face. No big deal. And then still try to show remorse the next day. Like something is not adding up here. I didn't think it could get more embarrassing than being evicted night one but he's done it. I mean, really shameful appearance. And I'm not going to miss this couple one bit.
0: Yeah, same. Uh, not going to miss them at all. And where where is Ivan at during this? Is Ivan still on the show?
2: Yeah. Ivan is going to continue to stand up for Brendan, unbelievably, to Natasha. <laughs> and, like, really, really bad look for Ivan. And for really the rest of the cast, like, here's my main question. Joe has a podcast with Natasha. They are really, really good friends in real life.
0: Grocery store Joe does?
2: Grocery store Joe. Why then is he ready to pull up with his mob on Chris, but he's totally cool with Brennan and Piper. It just isn't adding up to me.
0: It it really doesn't add up. And I I just genuinely, I I really do believe, that Brendan before this happened, I, I'm not saying now, cause obviously everybody has a problem with what he did night one. You saw that when him and Piper were hanging out, laying on the little day bed and everybody was talking shit about him. But I think everybody there like really, really hated Chris. Like they really hated him and, and they just jumped all over this opportunity to get him away, you know, to get him completely off this. And I mean, Joe basically like hosts the show in this moment. I mean, he calls him out. Rally joins. They roasting him. Jasenia goes in there with—I mean, possibly the two most well-liked men on the show—and and they straight up evict him. And it, it was wild. He said, pack your bags, and I think Rally said, "With your sorry ass."
2: Yeah, and another hilarious moment is when Elena pipes up and she's like, "Well, does anyone want to know what I have to say?" And everyone on the beach replies and is like, "No." And Universal. it just—it just was. Very funny, even though very sad also.
0: Yeah. I mean, that poor girl. I mean, she, she did not know what she was getting into. I really don't. I mean, you look at Elena, it's like, how was how she supposed to know what's going on? And Chris never really even told her he had anything with Jasenia. She stepped on the scene. They almost immediately started making out when she pulled him away. It's a tough scene for her. And you know, they were a little vague on these rules. They said, these four girls are coming to this party. And you know, if the guys decide to keep them around, that's great. And if not, then they're going home. That's at least how I took it. And Chelsea, gets to stay and I didn't see her do anything at this party and she goes after Aaron this is the anti-rose hunting effect right here this is a 14 seed knocking off a three seed in the NCAA tournament and and I kind of liked this for Aaron the the Chelsea Aaron mix I feel like they're on like the same tier
2: yeah I mean with the cast we've had why not just bring them all in like why not everyone just have a chance maybe like then we can bring in more guys specifically for tia i don't know i just feel like they're already there they already quarantined just let them come onto the island because you know everyone deserves a little piece of paradise and i don't know i i thought that on the podcast i was listening to the way that it was explained is The girls that – the new girls were told if you don't make a connection, then you don't get to come into paradise, which maybe explains why Elena was ready to just fully make out in public whatever so that she could get her door in – or her foot in the door into paradise. And the rest of the cast was told that there's going to be four girls and two girls are going to stay.
0: Yeah, I mean survive in advance. That makes a lot of sense. I just – I was so confused as to what went down here. And really in the entire episode, like I I get what you're saying. Like why not bring everybody in? There's a lot of people that don't have connections, but at the same time, because we have this giant like football stadium full of contestants right now, we're missing stuff. Like what we see, what 10 minutes of Noah and Abigail, we see the beginning of Joe and Kendall, which I, I am like most excited to learn about. I think that's the most intriguing storyline is Joe Kendall and Serena. And we really don't address it at all. And I'm not that upset about it because when you look at the entire four hours, which is still way too damn much, it was really entertaining. There, there really wasn't a part of the show where I was like, oh, I better fast forward. I'm not having a good time. This was one of the better Bachelor sequences that I've ever watched.
2: I agree. I just wish that it didn't feel so repetitive. Like, it felt like we watched the exact same thing night two that we had just watched night one. And – if we did have to watch it back to back, give us a grand finale. I mean, put Piper and Brendan on the on the back because I feel like that was the main story of the week. And uh, just a few statistics about their followers. Uh, Natasha, Natasha comes up over two hundred thousand followers this week, and Brendan loses. I'm not sure, but more than thirty k.
0: Wow, look at you. You work so hard. I really do. Yeah, you're a great co-host, and I did see Victoria Fuller put on her story. I, I we almost went the whole podcast. I feel like without mentioning her, and that that would just be a disgrace as to the man that I am. But uh, Victoria put on her story, like Brendan throwing up the middle finger, and then put something of Natasha, like "We love you, Queen Brendan." So, uh, I'm I'm on Natasha's team.
2: Let's keep in mind that we saw an actual an actual moment with Brennan and Natasha, where he tells her, I talk about deeper things with you than I ever do with Piper. I want to be with you way more than I want to be with Piper. It's, it's, it's us, you know? <laughs> and he also said, he also says, I don't even know if Piper is coming to Paradise. Those are things he actually said on camera. It's so sad. And the fact that he thinks that he can just lie to us, I think that's, the worst part. Like you're insulting my intelligence by trying to muffle your microphone, acting like you're not on The Bachelor. Like you're on a state-of-the-art production set. You think that all these cameras and all these mics aren't gonna pick up because you squeezed a little mic on your chest. Do better. You're so stupid and I hate you.
0: Yeah, very naive move. I couldn't believe it. I mean, they literally put on the subtitles like scratch his microphone. I was like, oh my god, this dude is is absolutely falling apart out here. But uh, overall, it, incredibly entertaining stuff. I mean, I think we got very repetitive things in night one and night two, like you said. But it, it made me believe even more in the authenticity of the show. Like, I, I really don't feel like this paradise world is is very staged. And I do feel that way when I'm watching The Bachelor The Bachelorette. And I, I just feel like this is just a bunch of real shit going on out here. Uh, maybe I'm hypnotized, but I, I really believe it.
2: Yeah. And it's weird, the things that I find acceptable and not acceptable. But I think the boundary is, is that you have to be open. You can't be so set in a relationship that you're like, there's no question about it. You can go in and be like how Noah is like, I want to pursue Abigail. That's what I want to do. But he doesn't know for sure where that relationship is going to go. It's not a solidified thing that they want, like they wanted to figure it out on the beach. There's a lot of gray area, but just know that Brennan messed up. If you follow him, please unfollow him. If you follow Piper, please unfollow Piper. She just seems so mean and malicious. And everyone give Natasha a follow because she just seems like such a great girl. And with all of the hype around this, I feel like there is some talks of maybe her being a prospect for the future Bachelorette.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I have to keep following all of these people because I, I occasionally get some newsworthy stuff from it. You know, it's not about me being a fan of them or me wanting to like everything they post. It's strictly for news.
2: Except for Victoria Fuller. Like, do you have her notifications on? Because I have never in my life scrolled past a post where it did not have your name on the bottom of it.
0: Yeah, check it out. The comments are back now, too. No, I don't have the notifications on. I just... uh you know, I, I think I've liked every post that she's ever made. And that's how Instagram works. You know, the accounts that you interact with more, their post will always come up first. And far be it for me, to not like something that Victoria Fuller posted.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, we still don't really have a host unless you count a uh, tight ass, whoever that was, but definitely could do without him.
0: Is that is that like a pro- is that okay for you to say I don't actually know who that is? And I don't I don't know. If you're like being funny or if that's really his name, am I going to have to look that up?
2: His name is Titus, but he threw a tight ass party and they said it plenty of times on ABC.
0: I was worried that you came up with that on your own and it was going to be like something drastically inappropriate I would have to cut out.
2: I would never call that man a tight ass on my own accord.
0: (laughs) I don't know. You made that weird little John Pterodactyl sound, sound a few weeks ago, so.
2: Okay, we already expressed our condolences about that little lapse in judgment.
0: Yeah. No, it's all good. Um, The the preview, um, it looks like it's going to be fun. Going forward, uh, per my research and my sources out there in the world, uh, one night a week, only on Tuesdays going forward. What? Yeah.
2: Like this week?
0: Yeah, starting this week, one night a week, two hours on Tuesdays.
2: Wow, I wonder why. That's so confusing.
0: It's very confusing, but I am all for it. It's so cool how we, you and I, as co-hosts of this show, we've we've come full circle. You broke the the terrible, dastardly news that we had to do this four hours a week, and now I'm breaking the news back to you that it's just two. It's pretty special.
2: It really is. Life is a wild ride.
0: Oh yeah. Love the wild ride of life. Do you have anything else you want to talk about today?
2: <laughs> no, that's all.
0: Uh, first NFL game of the night starting in about 15 minutes. I am going to read all night. I'm not going to watch it at all. I'm going to knock out a few chapters.
2: <laughs> I cannot even look at your face as you say that to me. I'm watching a double eviction tonight, and I need everyone for a little prayer circle Prayer circle for my girl Tiffany because I think she's in a lot of danger.
0: Oh man, poor Tiffany! Really worried about her. I'm actually reading Tyler Cameron's book. It's awesome. So really immersing myself with the Bachelor. That, that's how you know I'm telling the truth. You know, you know I f- with Tyler Cameron. He's a good dude. Uh, everything about him is wonderful. So yeah, that's that's what book I'm reading. Since you you don't even have the class to ask.
2: I was going to ask, but I didn't know if it was going to be like some like embarrassing like self-help book or something. And then we we're going to have to get serious. <laughs> but no, it's Tyler Cameron. He just screams like excellent, thoughtful writer. So that makes a lot of sense.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, no, uh, not, not a self-help book yet. Uh, I think I'm going to read To Kill a Mockingbird after this.
2: No, you didn't have to do that for school already.
0: No, I did. I just want to run it back. You know, it's like watching an awesome show you watched before.
2: Oh, yeah. Just bond with Boo Radley.
0: Boo Radley. That boy was nice in Atticus Finch.
2: Oh, those good old boys. Squad. Miss them.
0: Good story for real. Yeah. Maybe a little tangerine action. You know, I've read a lot. I've read a lot of books.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hop on your Kindle tonight. No. Physical copies. I
0: like to hold it, you know, and I got a, I got a sweet bookmark.
2: I respect that. I like yeah. a physical copy as well.
0: It doesn't hurt anybody. But all right, Lexi. Great job let's uh you go watch big brother and i'm gonna go uh read a little bit get a little better at life get a little smarter
2: (laughs) all right (laughs) bye
0: ttyl